Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church Karam Downs. You know, something so powerful with these lyrics where it said, I came, he came to my rescue. I, I called and he came to my rescue. I was reading recently in uh, World War II, there was this Catholic priest who was uh, helping the Jews out and uh, something had gone wrong in the, in the prison camp and the authorities got angry and decided to execute five men. One of them, a young family man, cried out, but what about my wife? What about my kids? And this Catholic priest decided to step into his place and he gave up his own life. And for the next 31 years, this man lived on with the family and he vowed to tell everyone that he knew for the rest of his life about what this man had done for him. We sing to a king that gave his all, Jesus. The Bible says there's no greater love than this, that a friend laid down his life for others. And while we were still sinners, while there was still hatred in our hearts towards God or unbelief or doubt, or we had no interest in God at all, while we were still sinners, far from God, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. So just in this atmosphere of worship, let's just stay in this place. Let's grab our seats. You may stay at the floor as well. We're going to continue worshipping very soon. I'm not going to preach for too long. We're covering off a four-part series around prayer and worship. It's our first part in worship. Why we worship. Better yet, who do we worship? Amen. He's not just an ordinary man. He's not just a religious figure that we do religious activities to uh, by rote memory and, and just, just for the sake of ticking boxes. He gave His life for us, friends. Jesus stepped down from eternity and He gave us everything. And team, you may just have to bear with me. I'm just flowing with um, different scriptures. It may not be in order. Let's go to Philippians 2. I think you have that on the screen. Verse 5. Jesus is so good. Isn't he good? Verse 5 to 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. God of the universe, Jesus, He created heaven and earth. Instead, He gave up His divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour. 
and gave him the name above all names, that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. This is why we worship. This is who we worship. I'm sorry. I try to hold it back. Um, but God brought me back to that moment of salvation. I literally cried out to God. And He came to my rescue. Almost 20 years ago, in a room I got invited to with friends I grew up with in church. We were just rascals in the church, you know, just running away from the Sunday school teacher. Jess is our Sunday kids pastor. Imagine your own son running away from this woman and you would see Jess running out to the car park, trying to chase him down. That was me. And then growing up, not really caring about God, only seeing the old people in church getting into God. So we just thought, this is maybe for when you're 40 and over. And then the pastor's son, you know, getting involved with gangs. And then one night he decides to hold a youth meeting, a young adult meeting, Wednesday night, July 16, in Cranbourne Masonic Hall, out of all places. You know, sometimes we, we get a little bit creeped out with that kind of stuff, don't we? But God can take over anywhere. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God is bigger. And I walked into this place early as, as, the, um, as my friend and his sisters were rehearsing and there was something in their eyes, there was fire in their eyes. And I thought, what would they have? I want the peace, the joy, the freedom that they carry. I tried to find it in a bottle, in the clubs, in relationships, always leaving unsatis- feeling unsatisfied. And this is Jesus who I grew up hearing about, knowing about in RE. I went to a Catholic boys school, year 7 to year 12 in Mentone. And, and it did not just sink in one bit at all. All of a sudden, the reality of who Jesus is and what He had done, paying a price on the cross for my sins and my mistakes. And if I wasn't to reconcile my sins to His blood, and have it washed away, my friend with boldness, and I thank my friend for preaching the full counsel of God. He would say, heaven or hell. And if you don't get right with God, it's hell. I thought, my gosh, I need to get right. And this heart of mine started to pound. As he gave the altar call, and as as he invited us to the front, and I was at the front, I was reluctant, I'll be honest, it was was a a, a bit of a confronting moment to do this in front of everyone. But he said, Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before man, I shall be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So I stepped out and I thought I was about to have a heart attack. I was having a radical encounter with God. Little did I know what I was signing up for that night and what would unfold for the rest of my life. You see, I I, I realised there's this king who stepped down from His throne room into our world, into our existence. He didn't have to. He had a good. But He knew there was only one thing that can save us. 
It wasn't the blood of a lamb or a goat or a bull. At best, it just washed the, the guilt away for a little bit. It atoned for a little bit, but we still had that sin consciousness. That shame would still eat us up. And then we'd go on sinning again. It never had the power to set us free. That's why Jesus said, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from sin, free from bondage, free from slavery. And so I would be on this pursuit of finding out who is this Jesus that I grew up with all the Bible stories in Sunday school and, and hearing the adults talk about it in Bible study, realising I, I need Him as my King, as my Saviour. And I would pursue the Lord. And, I, and in front of my old high school at Mentone, I'd be at the beach for hours just worshipping Him with, with headphones on, reading the Bible, praying to God for hours, praying for a wife. <laughs> it was a bit of an idolatry prayer back then. But the, the Lord is gracious. He's merciful. And I would have these intimate moments with the Lord just in my heart, in worship. But then life gets busy. Life gets in the way. And I found myself not really pursuing God's heart anymore for myself. And so a few weeks later, I was sleeping in my bedroom at mum and dad's house. And I woke up to the sound of waves and seagulls. And I thought someone's watching a movie. And I looked down the hallway, all lights out. It was the Lord putting on the soundtrack of Mentone, Parkdale Beach, where I would walk up and down and pray. And the Lord whispered in my heart, I missed you, son. I missed you, son. You see, God is looking for worshippers who worship Him in spirit and in truth. We, we pour out our love offering, our worship offering to Him when we realise what He's done for us. We don't do it out of religious duty, out of religious obligation. We do it because we want to. We do it because we get to. Let's turn to um, John 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover celebration, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honour. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. A few verses down. Uh, Judas Iscariot, the, the traitor, who was the treasurer at that time, said, what a waste. This could have fed the poor. Jesus, knowing his intentions and his motives, knew he was just talking about trying to skim off some of that money for himself. This is 12 ounces, the Bible says. 
And translations say it's about 500 mils worth of perfume. Back in those days, a whole year's worth of wages. It was a costly offering. But why would Mary give something so costly? Why wouldn't she just hold it onto herself? As, as a, a bride-to-be would use one day later in her life. Because she realised Jesus had given so much in raising her brother Lazarus back from the dead. But then also she realised maybe one day soon this man's going to give himself over his own life. It, it was... Jesus anointed at Bethany, the Bible says. He was anointed for the burial and death that was about to come. In the same chapter, Jesus predicts his death. He talks about how Judas is going to betray him. He breaks the bread, a symbol of his own body being broken. He pours out the wine, a symbol of his own blood being shed. He knew all of this ahead of time. Remember, He is God. When He walked the earth, He was fully God and fully man. He knew every single step that He was going to take. He could read our heart's motives, our heart's intentions. That's why sometimes we can say the right things, but deep down in our hearts, are we really giving Him our full devotion, our heart's worship? And I sense the Lord really wanted us to focus on worship just for a bit in what we felt from the Lord to go for, in revival, in, in seeing a city one for God. You know, you talk about the upcoming elections. I was talking to someone recently. What's really going to change the city? It's not so much policies, procedures, laws. It's Jesus. It's the hearts of man turning back to the Father. And He requires you, friends, to have a heart of worship. He requires you to have a heart of worship like Daniel would in the Bible when there was a decree to say you cannot worship any other king but Nebuchadnezzar. So what does Daniel do? He kindly disregards that decree, kindly disregards that law. He opens his window and gives God his pure-hearted Worship. That gives Daniel a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> no, it gives him a trip to the lion's den. But as he was in the lion's den, supposedly in trouble, the Bible says God closed the mouths of the lion. Nebuchadnezzar already looked upon Daniel with favour. But some of his cronies was getting a bit jealous and, and they, they made up these rules to really try and get to him. The king was worried. So he checked in the next day. Is my servant Daniel still there? He was surprised that he was still living. And then the king turned on those authorities. He changed the decree and he realised there is a living king. Yahweh the true and living King. When we give our hearts worship, it doesn't matter what others think about us. Who knows one day if this 
reading of Scriptures and worshipping our God will become illegal one day. Will it stop us? No, it didn't stop the church in China. It didn't stop the church in Iran. In fact, it grew. It multiplied. And so we have this honour of giving God a costly worship. An extravagant worship. A worship that doesn't make sense to the world. A worship where you would go regularly on a Sunday and be questioned by your parents, why do you go to such a place? By your friends, why would you even drop your career and study at Bible college? To be questioned, why are you, are you taking annual leave to go to a conference? Don't you have better things to do? No. Honestly, no. What better thing is there to do than to give our hearts affection and love to the one that gave it all. I remember for five years straight, I went to a Hillsong Conference in Sydney, my annual leave, booked in, travel, be in the presence of God. I remember one particular year, there was no clash in, in the annual leave calendar, but for some reason, my previous boss decided to say no. And I said, well, God told me to go. So it looks like I'm just going to have to hand in my resignation. I gave my notice, found myself at the conference. I came back, landed a job with uh, one of the banks, far better paying, better conditions. When God asks you to worship Him, you worship Him. When God asks you to move, you move. Amen. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, Matthew 22. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That is the greatest commandment, friends. The greatest commandment isn't um, serve the Lord. The greatest commandment isn't... Um, sit on a chair in church. It isn't even raising a good family. It isn't even being kind to your neighbour. All those things are good. In fact, the second greatest commandment, the Bible says, is love your neighbour as yourself. Those are good things. We need to do those things. But the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with half your heart. No far from it. With all your heart. All your heart and all your soul and all your mind to the point it looks ridiculous to the world who just doesn't get it. The Bible says we are the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing and to those who are being saved. That God looks at us and the fragrance that we give as we worship Him is like the aroma of Christ, a holy and pleasing sacrifice. You know, I touched on Martha and Mary a little bit just before. Uh, scholars believe this could be a linked story found in Luke 10. And it says that in verse 38 to 42, as Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered. Perhaps there's a Martha in us tonight. And it is it's just gently addressing you and can bring you back into that heart of worship. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Everyone's, everyone say, only one. Only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Only one thing is needed tonight, friends. As that's to put aside every distraction, everything that will exalt itself above the name of Jesus and our thoughts and our affections towards Him, every worry. I love that in the Bible that Paul and Silas found themselves in prison. Who knows if some of us will end up in prison in this day and age when all that we believe and all that we speak about. The world has turned and it calls what is good evil. Now the world calls what is evil good. I wouldn't be surprised, friends, if we find ourselves in a prison cell like Paul and Silas. But what did they do? They praised Jesus. They worshipped their King. He is worthy of our praise. And then what happened? The ground shook as they worshipped our God. And then the prison doors opened and they were set free. You could be in a prison right now. It may not be a physical one. It might be a spiritual, tormenting one, mentally, by your circumstances and situations, financially, whatever it is, whatever prison you found yourself in. I sense tonight the Lord wants to bring His Spirit, His presence in. He wants you to invite His presence through worship. Because what does worship do when we do that? We exalt God above everything else. We look to the hills. Where does our help come from? We look to God. And as we worship Him, things start to lift. Things aren't as heavy. Things aren't as stressful. That's why we worship here in this church. We love God. We love Jesus in this place. And so we're going to continue worshipping. But I sense let's just enter His throne room right now like the Bible says that we can we have access because of the blood of Jesus enter in with boldness to obtain mercy and grace in time of need and we thank you Jesus we put aside all distraction right now we put away all those things like Martha could easily be so distracted with making you a sandwich that you never ordered. (laughs) But let us be found like Mary at your feet. So friends, can we be standing on our feet right now? And if you would, would you feel the front 
and really give our hearts worship to God tonight. I know some of you have already stepped in, but perhaps if you haven't yet, this is your invitation to be at His feet and give Him our all. Amen. Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.